Hey, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project, where music making matters. I'm your host, Ashley Bienyage. Each episode features interviews with local music makers in hopes to connect the vibrant Winnipeg music scene with listeners like you. Through stories of songwriting, album releases, and touring, listen to the unique journeys of local artists who love what they do. Everybody, you're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 11.5 UMFM. I'm here with Amos. Well, the kid. most most people would pronounce it Amos, but um, yeah, it's Amos the Kid. All right. Well, uh, welcome. Thank you. How are you? I'm well. Yeah, I um, I, I would say I'm kind of bored, kind of uh, used to the routine now. Do a lot of walking. Um, the sun's shining, and there was a first thunderstorm last night, so. Things have kind of been starting to look up. It's good that you're you've found a routine, and I think it's good that you're walking. I I've occasionally walked. I have to have friends to um, remind me to because I find that I'll stay like days at a time in my apartment and right. Like, oh, I probably <laughs> I think, really should. <laughs> I feel like that would uh, yeah that would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but I mean, you don't get this pale of a complexion with being comfortable with going outside, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, mine's like that either way so <laughs> right it's just it just happens so um tell me uh, a little bit about your project uh what's your elevator pitch when you're explaining to people what you do and what kind of music you make um yeah so amos the kid is um kind of i don't know it's it, it's sort of nostalgia music thinking about where i came from and uh, writing about the city and kind of with, I, I mean, I don't know if this is quite true, but I would like to say with kind of the outlaw country influence, um, at least in terms of things I'm talking about. Um, and then, but it's indie rock. Yeah, Amos the Kid is indie rock. And I'm a huge, huge fan of indie rock. And uh, I would say I live and breathe the thing. So kind of yeah the project is is indie rock right um and how did you get involved in music like how did you i guess learn how to play the guitar um and eventually get into songwriting um so i kind of got into music at a young age i come from a pretty musical family um i was forced to play the violin early on which i hated <laughs> um all my siblings played the violin and then eventually i dropped out of violin and uh, I have five siblings, so I was like the only one that was like, I'm going to get a guitar. And so finally, I was able to get a guitar and I was put in lessons. Um, uh, so I took lessons in my hometown, Boise Vane. And then I actually took uh, classical guitar at the Brennan University through high school, just as like a, they have like a high school guitar program or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would say I've been playing the guitar since I was at least in middle school, I think. And then, uh, and I kind of started singing maybe when I was like 13 or 14. Okay. And were you singing just like as covers or were you always kind of involved in songwriting? Uh, I was like trying to write songs at that time, but it was like a lot of covers. I was like into the, these like 
I was into sad bands like Death Cab for Cutie and, and Modest Mouse and stuff. Um, right. So I was trying to write like, you know, that kind of music. Um, you just like sad. And- yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was kind of the tip at that time. Like it was like, you know, Modest Mouse or the Killers or the National or whatever. Um, so yeah, I was trying to emulate that stuff. and I don't think I really did it that well. But um, I was just playing covers and stuff, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. Right. And where did, how did you go from learning covers and, and maybe writing in your bedroom to wanting to perform on stage and, and performing with friends and, and eventually even writing and releasing your own music? Yeah, so um, I think I had the opportunity to play, like, these kind of coffee houses. Um, and I would also as a kid, I would go to the folk fest and I would like sit there on my guitar and busk, uh, and like not make that much money, but I'd, I would sit there and, and I, I think I would like take these funny opportunities. So it was like, yeah, coffee houses and busking and, uh, and stuff like that. So I just started to like play a little bit more here and there. Um, but I'd still like, I never felt like I was like that good at performing live. Like I was really nervous. Uh, so it was only probably like my first three years living in the city when I really like started to play a couple shows and started feeling more comfortable. And what were you like, what, what, what were your goals at that time? You weren't, were you planning on doing it full time and wanting to make it a career? Or was it just something that you wanted to build your confidence in and improve your skills at? Um, like maybe both. I mean, as a kid, you like always dream about, you know, popping off in a certain way. Like, I don't, I don't know. As a kid, I thought I was going to be like a professional, professional, like biker, or like, you know, snowboarder, musician, like whatever way you could like pop off, you know, if you made it in one of your hobbies. Um, so I remember I, I would like, I don't know what pop off means. Sorry. Um, like, like blow up, like become viral. Okay. All yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it's like you a know. cool term. I'm just like not in the, with the. <laughs> yeah, but it's probably not cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I remember uh, a kid I grew up with from my hometown. Uh, he started like making beats in high school. Um, it's like on his computer. And then he kind of blew up on YouTube to a certain degree. And like from a young age was like making decent money like in high school at like selling these like beats online. Wow. I was like, well, I was like, Oh, I could. And this is kind of when like YouTube, the YouTube thing was kind of big. So I was like, Oh, like I could put, you know, indie rock or I don't think I called it indie rock at that time. I could put like my alternative songs on YouTube and, and maybe I'll blow up too. Uh, and that definitely never happened. I think I would, you know, get like 50 views or, or something like that. And then they would just sit there. Um, so I, I think for a time I like definitely saw stars as kids do. Um, and then, yeah, I guess my priorities kind of shifted eventually when I got into the real world and I was like, okay, like I, I don't want to be a famous YouTube musician or, or whatever, you know? Right. Did you ever think to collaborate with this friend? Yeah, yeah, we'd collaborate lots of times. Uh, we, we have lots of music out there that we'll never that will probably never be released. <laughs> oh, how come? Why not? Um, 
probably I mean maybe because it's not very good uh <laughs> and also it just doesn't like fit what he's doing and and I would never you know I think that's just different stuff from a different time right so. it's just like a personal personal little yeah like I mean we hung out like all the time uh we, we hung out all the time and made music together but you know it didn't mean it was good <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and yeah it- that's always going to happen. You're going to be hard on what you do. And I, I like to look back. No, I don't like to look back, but I'll look back on my old music and I'm like, that's not seeing the no. light of day, but I appreciate what it did for me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't listen to any, anything I wrote from those days. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't even know how I would, like it's, it's kind right. of gone. Hmm. So you, you moved to the, to the city and mm-hmm. you were doing some shows um how did the 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 creation and the beginnings of amos the kid like this this project start yeah um so previous i called myself the show lake kid um which the name is based on spending like a lot of my life at uh, a summer camp in show lake and just spending a lot of time there um so, and I would write a lot of songs kind of about Shoal Lake and that, and that area, which is in, that's in Ontario, kind of Lake of the Woods. It's where we get our water from. Um, so it's just this like beautiful lake. Uh, so I, I, yeah, I called myself the Shoal Lake Kid for some reason. And for like basically up till, I guess last year, last year would have been the last time I um, performed under that name. And it was, it was always solo. Uh, so. I, I definitely got some decent opportunities through that. Like that's how I kind of got to know Adam. Um, like we were friends, but then he had me open up for mystic twice. Um, and then I, I've played various music festivals under that, that alias. And um, so, yeah, like all of my music up till this point, up till this EP was released under Shuley kid. And then I decided to change the name and kind of start fresh. And why the name change? Um, I didn't necessarily feel great about the name, the Sholay Kid. I feel like it was mis misleading, and it, it didn't represent me. Um, like I, I spent a lot of time on Sholay at the summer camp canoeing, and um, you know, my my girlfriend's family has like a cottage there. And so I, I've spent like a, just a lot of time, I spent like 18 years there, but kind of as like a, a tourist almost, you know, this person that was experiencing in the summer and like canoeing and having fun. Um, and meanwhile, there's these two communities that live there. There's Band 39 and 40. And um, we take our water, Winnipeg takes our water from there. And for me, and they've lived there for like for so long. So, so for me as like a, a tourist in this place to sort of represent it in my name sort of feels like, you know, putting up a statue that says Amos the kid or not Amos the kid, the Sholate kid. And, and it's me, you know what I mean? Right. It's just like, yeah, it's, it's representing a place that I don't have any ownership of. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's that's why I changed the name. I didn't feel good about it. And with this kind of official release, you know, not releasing things on SoundCloud or whatever, with the official release, I wanted to do things properly. So, Right. And had you released anything under Shore Like Kid or was it just some performances? 
Uh, I'd released a lot of stuff, but it was only on SoundCloud or Bandcamp, and it was all kind of like DIY, you know, mic in my room kind of stuff. Right, and then when you're finished, like post it, or was there, were you like dabbling in like marketing plans and like? No, I mean. No. No, I I don't think so. Like I, um, no, I, I yeah, uh, everything that's happened now is like stuff I'm learning, you know, from Adam and just from, um research and stuff but i was definitely not good in that project at uh self-promotion and i think when i did get shows it was just like friends being nice and extending the hand (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and as you were telling me before we started the interview like adam has been super supportive of you and kind of he's kind of the one that like pushed you into this direction Um, yeah I, i don't know why like from a like pretty early on like i the first time i opened for yes we mystic was it must have been four or five years ago. Um, and like, we were just friends at that point. I don't even know if he'd like, maybe he'd seen me play or something, but yeah, I opened for them at the park theater and then um, I opened for them again during big fun at the, um, the Westminster church. So both were like pretty big shows and definitely like above my pay grade as a, you know, a solo artist. Um, so in that way, he's definitely like extended the the branch to me a number of times. And then again, when he approached me and asked me to record with him and, um, you know, I'm glad he did. <laughs> mm-hmm. that, and that, that is like, I think a really incredibly lucky um, friendship and it can be, it can be, it's, it's incredibly hard to release music, but to have somebody like right from the beginning, like I'm going to help you record it and I'm going to be your support to have that, that, that friend that ally really is incredibly lucky so good for you (laughs) thank you well i think i'm pretty lucky all across this project because like um i don't know i got a lot of nice friends and and the people that played on it were very for were very generous you know to to play on an album for for nothing and and um just like you know donate their time for the the recording days and then to become a band together and um yeah, because all of these people have their own projects, you know, like mm-hmm. ever, everyone in the band has their own band. Um, so, and, and I, I would imagine that the show like, or Amos the Kid <laughs> would like fall pretty <laughs> second to that. But, you know, they made it a pretty big priority for a while. So that's just, you know, really lucky. Right. <laughs> and is Amos the Kid always going to be uh, like a full band sound or do you expect that you'll perform solo when needed? Um, like Jensen, Jensen and I did, um, we did a video session where it was just the two of us. Was it uh, B&B? I, it was B&B, yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, which is really cool. Uh, very thankful to Buyo and Jen. Um, but yeah, uh, that's probably as far as it'll go, like the, the two of us. I don't really, like, I, I mean, I would play against solo, but I, as long as I can, I, I want to play with with the band in, in some capacity. Mm-hmm. When you were Shole kid, were you performing with the band or was it still, was that only solo? That was only solo. Um, there was one show that I played with a full band, but it, yeah, it was only the one, t- it was at the daughter or something. Right. Um, and that was with members that- of, uh, what's that? No, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, that was with members of Living Hour. So again, just like friends being nice. <laughs> yeah. So you got a taste of like this full band sound. You're like, 
okay, I need to, I want to do this yeah. all the time. Right. So, yeah. And I think, I think that's a good call to while you're rebranding they even like fill out the sounds consistently now. So there's, there is a big difference between the two. So it's not just all in name that you're this new on well, the sound, but mm-hmm. um, I'm trying to remember the artist that, cause you said like, there's like this outlaw aspect. There's that, what's his name? Do you know? Cause it's the one with the words, the mask. Oh, um, um, Orville Peck. Yes, yeah. But yeah. when I was listening, I got—I definitely got some of those vibes. So I'm, I'm, oh, I'm cool. glad that you're, you're aware of that. Um, I'm, I'm a big Orville Peck fan, but um, uh, one his guitar player is in the band Friggs, uh, and I'm a huge fan of Friggs for sure. Well, yeah. that's great. Both well, those bands it. are great. Well, then that's a good—that's a good thing to say then. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Orville Peck's cool. Orville Peck. I mean uh or- orville peck's got like a whole like you know like everything about orville peck's cool like the image the music i yeah, i couldn't even like touch that level of <laughs> of uh steez well i don't say never you never know right but yeah i'm not do, I, don't do you... lo- I don't think i'm gonna be wearing the masks anytime soon, but... <laughs> don't worry that. i think that's his thing yeah um so do you have a plan for like, or what is your, as you said, as you said, you've been learning about the music business and mm-hmm. um, if you want to kind of play that game, um, you're going to mm-hmm. need, I guess, kind of a solid aesthetic. And, and have you been thinking about that? Have you been really working towards having like a, like a theme or something while you're either releasing on social media? Or right. what's, I mean, what's your plan with that? I'm curious. Um, I'm not like, I think, like, uh, theme-wise or style-wise, I'm a, like, fairly consistent person already. Like, as far as, like, I like I like what I like and, um, like, image-wise. Uh, so I don't have, like, much of a plan. Like, I, I wouldn't want to, like, be disingenuous or, you know, change change the way I, like... I wouldn't want to like create a look for Amos the kid. Um, you know, sometimes we play up the whole cowboy thing. Like uh, at a show, I wore like a cowboy hat and I wore my bolo tie and my cowboy boots. Um, so that, yeah, that would be like playing it up a little bit. Uh, but I don't think, you know, I don't, I don't think we're really going to change too much. I think I did like, I don't know, on my Instagram and stuff, I, I was trying to like kind of ho- maybe curate the images a little better so i'm not posting you know photos of me fishing or or like you know the various other activities that i do uh so no, much no, no i, I mean I, I i still will but it's like you know that that instagram account was like all over the place so i've i've like curated like a little bit but i definitely don't want to um you know i don't think i have anything to like try to prove or whatever style wise right and and that's even nothing in itself to just be authentic and to really just be amos and and yeah really embrace that yeah yeah it's always interesting like there's there's this whole world and whole like school of thought in music business where you have to be perfectly packaged but then you see Mm -hmm. these like incredibly like vulnerable and authentic people who just like skyrocket like for example taylor jansen or even just william Mm -hmm. prince they're just they are themselves and that is like that is an image mm-hmm. in its own self. So I think that it's good that you're you're sticking to your guns with that because especially with indie rock, um, that can be mm-hmm. very packaged. And, and Yeah, well, I mean, especially in the, 
like a huge example would be like Mac DeMarco and they, they kind of call, uh, they call like Mac DeMarco fans, pepperoni playboys because they all dress the same and they, you know, like it's this total aesthetic and like good on Mac DeMarco for creating that. Um, but that takes like a lot of, you know, that, t- <laughs> that takes a lot of work. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Like it takes the heavy idea influence. Like, mm-hmm, and like being consistent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. We'll just do our thing. And, uh, you know, if it catches on and a bunch of 18 year olds and 17 year olds start dressing like us, then cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, you, you've done it. Yeah. Um, so I would like to talk a little bit about like the, the songwriting, uh, cause you spent a lot of time working on that, um, and getting, mm-hmm. uh, and getting ready. Um, so what motivates you or inspires you to start writing a new song or how do you get into that mindset? Yeah. Um, I, I usually like, I'm a big, I'm a big riff guy on the, uh, on the guitar. I love it's part of the reason I love like Kurt Vile and the Violators or um, the War on Drugs or any of these bands a lot, just because they have really strong guitar riffs. Um, so I always try to like emulate that and, and learn how to play guitar that way. Uh, so I'm always kind of like writing these short guitar riffs and, and then separately, um, as I said, I do a lot of walking in the city, especially now during isolation. Um, and I kind of think of these like poems or little sentences, maybe around an idea in my head or a memory. And then if it kind of flows, then I take it and I'll record it into my phone. I probably look so silly, but I'll like record it into my phone, either singing it or saying it. And then I get back to the house and, um, you know, I'll try to put it to one of these riffs or extend it. And usually they, these things like sit around for a while. And I won't like hear it right away. And then I'll go back and I'll listen to like the audio files that I have in my phone. And then like I'll listen to them. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And then one, I'll be like, oh, like maybe, you know. So I feel like it's this like separate thing of like writing guitar parts and then writing short stances of lyrics and then bringing them together. And then after I brought them together, trying to like fill out the whole song. Right. And, and thematically do you find that there there is like a consistency of like what you're singing about or, or is it just like i want to sing about this separate thing and i want to sing about this personal experience and i want to sing about this right um, i guess you know like what, where do you find those themes or do you have any? Um, yeah i mean i definitely i think i definitely have themes so far um like a lot of it i'm a, I'm a pretty nostalgic person the way i think like i you know, I cruise my memories pretty often. And um, I think a lot of my songs are kind of about my hometown. Um, And then a lot of songs are kind of about being out there in the wilderness. Um, And then I have the other, like I have a couple songs about about the city, but I would say a lot of the songs are about my hometown and just like memories. And um, maybe digesting my own memories. I suppose, or, or, you know, transcribing them in a way. Right. And it, are they just to kind of put like a, like you're writing down these memories or like what, what, what are you getting out of writing songs about this? Like what, what, what is driving you to want to sing about all of this rather than singing about like partying or like what, what right. do you get out of this? I mean, first of all, I can't 
stand writing cheesy songs um or like like cheap songs you know like i could i could sit i mean some of my songs are are, are pretty like are like really simple and, and i would say cheap um in the way of like creating a pop song where you're like okay i just need a hook and i just need you know everything else will like hold up the hook and if you just get through the hook then you'll have a catchy song and um i don't really see songwriting that way i i really like the 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 storytelling approach and this is part of the reason i really like a musician like um sun kill moon uh and they like to the greater degree will tell a whole story in a song and you're kind of you're nostalgic with them and you you understand the story having never experienced what their their own experience you know but you can relate um so i like storytelling but i like i i like storytelling with like less is more if that makes sense you know so like right. i don't know there's there's great storytellers that use less words to tell more like like towns van zant or um yeah i guess towns van zant would be a really good example but i, I, I don't know if that makes sense but well, that, I, I just try to write stuff that's not cheesy <laughs> right yeah and yeah that's that that is a, a a struggle in itself it's easy to go for those cliche lyrics or those easy rhymes um because yeah. they fit they fit rhythmically um so how how have you gotten into um how do i want to word this it is a skill to be able to write less is more or to give the right details in order to paint the correct picture or to not create confusion how mm -hmm. did you develop that skill or, or what did, what did you do to make to feel comfortable with the lyrics you're writing to be able to like move past a line and not obsess over it until it was perfect right um i don't really know like i don't yeah i don't quite know what the format to that is like it just sort of like it happens when it it happens when it has happened and i don't know i write a lot of songs that don't go anywhere and um there are definitely some lyrics that i like really get stuck on and i really like wordplay and i like uh like i like playing with with weird rhyming patterns or trying to trying to um change syllables to to make words like rhyme in a way so i like playing that game a lot um so sometimes i'll try to have something that i'm trying to say and then i'll just i'll go through a bunch of words and try to you know make it flow in a certain way uh but yeah i don't know yeah i don't know it's, it's it definitely is an art when you try to have a story and then have fun with the lyrics and make it and keep mm -hmm. it interesting so i guess based on what you're telling me it's just practice mm -hmm. well i also have uh i think mentor <laughs> mentors help a lot when you're writing um, right and i have a buddy uh, my friend Noah Kane, who's from Thunder Bay, and he lives here now, um, and he's a he's a poet and a, and a writer, um, and his writing has had a big influence on me in the way it reads, um, and so often we would we'll meet, you know, and and we're just friends, so we hang out anyways. But we'll like meet and we'll do like a songwriting session or whatever, and then I'll bring something to him, and I'll be like, "This is what I've written." And then he'll be like, oh, this is good, this is good, but maybe you should change this. Or, uh, oh. you know, maybe you could say it this way. So I think 
yeah when you're writing like having a mentor who's like better than you at writing really really helps <laughs> so that's yeah. that's do another you, big thing do you give him songwriting credit uh we because he didn't write the songs he's more like we would like talk through them he doesn't get like an official credit but he's credited on the album yeah oh cool awesome yeah, i'm just, yeah. just wondering because sometimes people yeah. will are very picky with that and like well i don't want to give you advice if i'm not going to get a credit and they can be kind of but i mean he's also yeah friend, so yeah no we, we talked about all that <laughs> that's good that's yeah. good that's good um so when were you when do you feel comfortable with a song and know that it is it is finished so that, so that you can actually record it and 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 the songs that you've chosen to record and release um yeah. how did you know if those were ready um well adam would tell you and uh i'd agree <laughs> that a lot of my songs weren't finished and we had actually like on the song pine grove uh, yeah the song wait not the song yeah the song pine grove and what did you do we were like trying to finish we're trying to finish recording it but like we didn't have enough lyrics like we had like you know we we needed like another stance of lyrics and uh so i think i sat there and i like wrote the the part of that song that's about like shotgunning and um and like cell phones and legs on legs on legs on ground that lyric i wrote that like on the spot <laughs> i don't know i don't know how i just like wrote it on the spot and then we're like okay that works and then the same thing happened with pine grove and we're like sitting there trying to figure out like we just need to say like a few more things in the song so no i certainly don't uh i certainly don't have the songs to like a certain point that we're ready to record. I think some of them were like, um, Mountain View was like that. It was done and then we recorded it. Uh, but a lot of them, it's like they were finished as we were finishing, you know? Yeah, and, and that does happen in, in the production side of creation, I guess, I don't know. But mm -hmm. that sometimes songs yeah. are completely changed or, or rearranged. Um, do you, would you do that again? Was that, was that a helpful process for you or go, moving on to the next recorded project? Do you think you would uh, make sure that everything is ready and, and less, less, um, less writing on the spot? Yeah. I mean, for, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends like for the sake of money and time, like when you're recording, you don't really want to spend a lot of time like writing on the spot because you know, you're going to be like everyone that's going to cost everyone more money um mm -hmm. and then also just for the sake of the workload for someone like adam uh i would definitely try my best to have songs as like as far along as i can get them before that for that point but you're always going to be like writing or re redoing stuff in the studio it's just like you know stuff isn't always going to work and you're always going to find ideas and so yeah, right. I don't know, but I, uh, yeah, I would definitely certainly try my best. Mm. So, what was this? What was this? No, <laughs> what was this recording process like for you then? Um, I mean, we talked a little about how it was on the spot, but like, how do you feel about it? Are you like, are you addicted to it and can't wait to get back in, or are you happy that it's done and are going to let you have this time to write and be creative mm. on your own? I mean, I'm definitely uh, if. I know if I could be back in right now, we would definitely be demoing uh, for sure. Um, and we had actually even started as soon as we, we had released like the first two songs, we were already recording 
demos for um, for grant writing and and just ideas for the next thing. Um, so I think both of us would definitely still be in there if it weren't for uh, COVID nineteen. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it is good. Like this is a good time to write, and and I definitely I don't quite have like enough songs for the for the next EP yet. So I'm I'm working on that. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. It, it, it was a really cool experience. It was really fun and exciting. And, um, I felt like my creative drive was, it was there, you know? Um, mm -hmm. so having, having like a creative passion that you're working on is really, really nice. And there isn't a ton of that right now. <laughs> so yep. yeah, having some stimulus in that way would be cool. Um, and then just like, I don't know, everyone who plays on the record, they're all my really good friends. So getting to hang out in that way is really cool too. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So funny that you brought up COVID-19. Um, but now with all of this that has happened for the last couple months, how have, how have plans changed or what are you doing differently now that we can't really go outside? Yeah. Um, I mean, musically, we were we were meant to release the the EP at fourth on April third, and we were kind of building up to that. And um, the tra the trajectory was like strong, you know. We were getting press and stuff. Uh, and then, of course, with the rest of the world, we we canceled. Um, and I like certainly don't regret that because it is for the greater good. And uh, things have certainly gone past that. Like we we didn't know if it, if you know COVID nineteen was gonna last until until April third, but now of course it has. Um, so yeah, like that was kind of the first big thing that changed, and we were supposed to play uh, a number of music festivals this summer. So there was kind of slots filling up in that way, and um, I think we had like accepted like another show uh, for May. So yeah, lots of cancellations for shows which was disappointing but you know understandable um and then i think for a time i thought like the kind of media thing was gonna was gonna die because everyone's at home but um i don't know yeah we, we like we've had interviews here and there and uh getting some radio play in that so it's not it's not like totally different but there's definitely been some cancellations so right. i feel like we're like no you go no no you oh um so yeah i felt like that like you know that trajectory was kind of interrupted which was disappointing but that's it is what it is and uh i still feel really good about it so that's good. That's good. And to be positive, like there's really, there is nothing that you, you know what you could have known and there's nothing we can really do about it. Yeah. So and it's good everyone's that in the same boat. Yeah, so. exactly. Everybody yeah. is at home. Most yeah. of us anyways. Mm -hmm. um, so are you doing any performances as um, an alternative way to get, to promote the music or are you kind of allowing yourself to rest and, and write? We've done um, a lot of live live stream shows, for example. Yeah, yeah. I did the first live stream for for Real Love. Um, they're doing like live uh, Real Love Thursday live streams now, which I, I think got announced today. Um, but I did like 
the first one on on April third. Yeah, on my release day, I did I did one with them. Uh, so that was like the only live thing I've done, and I haven't heard or planned anything yet. But yeah, it could happen. I'm not sure. So yeah, yeah nothing nothing planned at this moment. It's not it's not like really on your radar at the moment. No, like I I would be interested in doing one, um, but. Yeah, just not at the moment. We we're gonna have a video coming out um, in the next two weeks, I think. So that's mm. kind of like the thing I'm looking forward to. Uh, right. So yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know when we're like officially announcing that. But yeah, there's a there's a video coming out for what did you do next week. So. Okay. Oh, okay. That's yeah. an interesting. Um, um, interesting question to ask people right now mm-hmm. <laughs> someone asked me what did i did <laughs> like well nothing really <laughs> yeah um but yeah yeah it's a- like <laughs> it's not too inspired like i mean i you know it sounds it sounds neat like saying that i'm you know sitting at home writing but it's not it's not that glorious <laughs> it's, right you know yeah. yeah there's a lot of time probably I don't know, maybe watching Tiger King or something and relaxing. Yeah, I tried Tiger King. I didn't like it, but um, you know, yeah, I I'm watching some shows. No, yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know about that show. It's not for me. Yeah, it's not for me. Um, but I, it's interesting how much it's blown up. So. Yeah, considering all of the characters are just like grossly manipulative. <laughs> yeah, and, they're, they're uh, not good people. No. <laughs> but that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, if it's it's a, I mean it's something to do. So, yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, personal goals uh, that you want to reach while you're in quarantine? Like, if you want to re- write a certain number of songs or walk a certain number of miles. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to trying to stay healthy. So there's like, you know, there's little goals like eating well and um, exercising every day, stuff like that. Uh. I'm trying to play guitar like every day, keep my fingers good. And um, I'm trying to like not write every day, but I'm, I'll like make myself coffee and I'll sit out on the deck with my notebook. And I'm trying to be intentional about writing in my notebook rather than just typing things in on my phone. I don't know. There's something that like connects better about writing it down versus just typing it out. I forget it if I type it out and I forget the, the tune and stuff right. um so i don't know yeah i'm trying to try i go to the river every day and i, I watch the the water <laughs> so oh, that's nice. yeah there's you know there's little goals every day but um yeah nothing nothing major i want to by the end of quarantine i want to have like enough songs more than enough songs for the ep um and then so that i can kind of start honing them in uh so i i think i'm like half Oh, just over halfway there. Yeah. That's good. I mean, I don't know how long we're going to be in quarantine. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be quite a lot longer. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know if we're halfway yet. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I have no idea. But I, I get that. I have a ton of goals for myself that I hopefully reach. But, I mean, I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Like, I'm stuck mm-hmm. here. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. Sometimes I just want to watch hours and hours of YouTube videos of girls wearing are their hauls that they got from the thrift store months ago. So Right. <laughs> I've been right. like doing a bit of internet shopping, which is fun. Okay. I, uh, what have you what have you uh 
What's I, fancy? I bought yesterday. I bought a Sandy Alex G uh, t-shirt. Sandy Alex G. I don't know if you know Sandy Alex G. Musician I really like. And then the day before, I bought a uh, uh, Kurt Vile t-shirt. <laughs> so I don't know. Right. I'm like the only the only way I've like justified that is like supporting the artists. So right. Um, that's good. But yeah, yeah. But so I, yeah, I don't normally internet shop, so that's that's fun. That's cool. <laughs> Something different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I've been I've been avoiding um, online shopping. I think since I've been in quarantine, I've ordered like maybe three things. So yeah, I know maybe yeah. it's better that way for like people involved. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think it just depends, right? So. Yeah. So for people who are now invested and interested and want to um, follow you with your music and your musical career, where can mm-hmm. people support you either online or, well, I guess mostly online now. Yeah. Um, as far as like supporting goes, um, I, I like to recommend Bandcamp for myself or like any band. Um, and especially Bandcamp is waiving uh, their fees. So all of the proceeds go to the artist. Um, so Bandcamp is kind of always the great first step. So it's Amos the Kid at Bandcamp.com. Um, and then, well, that's funny. Just as I said that, like a little like notification came down saying Bandcamp is waiving their fees. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Uh, maybe they're listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Spotify, you know, Spotify, Spotify. Uh, so Amos the Kid, I'm on Apple Music, um, SoundCloud, just kind of on everything, I guess. Uh, and then, so Spotify right now has this, like, uh, donation button that they're doing for musicians. They're tip jars? Yeah, they're tip jars. Um, so that's, like, a way to support. No pressure on that. But, uh, yeah, just, yeah, I would say Spotify or Bandcamp. Right. Awesome. Is, uh, is there anything else that you would like to add or mention before we have to wrap things up? Um, I don't think so. Maybe I'll mention the people that played on the album. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, um, I would say almost half the vocals are Jensen Fredrickson. Uh, so she's an amazing artist from Yes, We Mystic. I'm really thankful to her. And, uh, uh, Jordan Kerr plays bass, Brian Gluck plays drums, Adam Fear plays guitar and recorded it, and uh, big shout out to House of Wonders. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming, uh, well, coming here, but um, coming on to this Zoom meeting to uh, yeah. to chat. Um, I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to talk about yourself for me. Um. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate the uh, the uh, the interview. Yeah, it's, I'm, it's, this has been fun. It's great, since, especially since it's a new project. I get to actually sit with you one-on-one and, and hear about what you're doing and your plans and, um, you know, pick your brain as a fellow artist. So yeah. um, I, I appreciate you and I appreciate the music you make. So Thank you very much. Well, thank cool. you so much for, for doing this. Uh, thank you, everyone who is listening uh, to the Winnipeg Music Project, whether you're at uh, UMFM 101.5 um, or uh, on our streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple podcast or google podcast or you're watching on youtube uh thank you so much for uh supporting local music uh tune in next week for another interview with a local music maker (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Winnipeg Music Project. For more on local music makers, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music by Will and Art from Collector Studio, and a big thank you to UMFM for making this show possible.